This podcast is brought to you by Recontract, the leading software to automate your reconditioning process. From vehicles to people to parts, Recontract streamlines every touchpoint in your recon process. Visit recontract.com an to learn more. That's R-E-C-O-N-T-R-A-C dot com slash A-N. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, March 31st, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, new rules for EV tax credits kick in next month. GM drops Apple CarPlay in future EVs. And a prominent lobbyist for auto dealers makes a quick exit. Plus, service customer retention begins with employee retention. Develop them to allow them to have some type of a growth path. That's what's going to cause people to stay. Nobody in the dealership wants to imagine them doing what they're doing today, five and 10 years from now. I don't care what they say. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The U.S. Treasury Department spelled out how Inflation Reduction Act rules around battery components and critical minerals will be handled, and the new limits for consumer tax credits for new electric vehicles will take effect in mid-April. Treasury released its much-anticipated proposed guidance on the EV battery sourcing rules that are designed to incentivize domestic production and reduce reliance on foreign supply chains. Those eligibility requirements will go into effect for EVs placed in service, meaning the date the customer takes delivery of the vehicle, on or after April 18th, the department said. By that date, the EPA will post a list of eligible vehicles and the potential credit for each at fueleconomy.gov. General Motors plans to phase out widely used Apple CarPlay and Android auto technologies that allow drivers to bypass a vehicle's infotainment system, shifting instead to built-in infotainment systems developed with Google for future electric vehicles. Apple CarPlay and Android auto systems allow users to mirror their smartphone screens in a vehicle's dashboard display. GM's decision to stop offering those systems in future EVs, starting with the 2024 Chevrolet Blazer, could help the automaker capture more data on how consumers drive and charge EVs. GM plans to continue offering Apple CarPlay and Android Auto in its combustion models. Owners of vehicles equipped with the mirroring technologies will still be able to use the systems, GM said. The Colorado Auto Dealers Association has parted ways with longtime CEO Tim Jackson. No reason for the departure was given. In a Friday news release, the board said it had appointed Matthew Groves, its vice president for legal, regulatory, and compliance, as interim CEO, effective immediately. Jackson has been CEO of the CADA since 2004 and has been a high-profile voice for dealers in the state and nationally. Earlier this year, he and CADA championed a legislative effort to force automakers to reimburse dealers for warranty work at the higher rates dealers charge retail customers. The separation appeared to be sudden as recently as Thursday. Jackson, who is prolific on Twitter, posted that he was in the Colorado State Capitol and he posted on automotive topics. Jackson was not immediately available for comment. Tesla is recalling 35 of its electric semi-trucks in the U.S. for an issue with the parking brake that may allow the vehicle to roll away. The recall covers 
2023 Tesla semi-trucks, the first of which was delivered in December to PepsiCo's Frito-Lay plant in Modesto, California. Tesla semi-trucks built on or after March 14th are made with a replacement part and therefore are unaffected. The electric parking brake valve module on the affected vehicles might not move into the park position when the parking brake is activated, according to a recall report submitted March 24th to NHTSA. If that happens, the vehicle may move unintentionally, increasing the risk of a crash, though none have been reported. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, GM plans to phase out Apple CarPlay and Android Auto Technologies in their future EVs. Do you think we'll start to see a trend of more automakers doing this? You know, we might. It's a it's an interesting gambit. You know, they're trying to get more data, see better how people use the car and how they charge it, what their habits are. But a lot of people really like being able to have their phone connect the way it does and be so easy to use, whether it's, you know, to be able to text your family members, you know, through the microphones or whether it's, you know, to be able to listen to your favorite podcast as soon as you hop in the car. So it'll be interesting how it turns out. If if it's successful, maybe we'll see a lot more brands follow GM's example. And if it's not, maybe we'll see GM uh, double back and, and re-offer those services. Coming up, improving the experience for service customers means setting up more processes and better processes. That's next on Daily Drive. Across the Hendrick Automotive Group, each store had a different reconditioning process. They started looking for a solution that would help them standardize their processes, give them actionable information, and ultimately drive efficiency. Knowing they needed to bring together all pieces of their operation to cut cycle times down to their goal of three days, they chose Recontract. Chris Little, Vice President of Variable Operations, explains why having the tools to measure your recon process gives you what you need to manage it more effectively. Everyone knows speed uh, to the front line uh, equates to more turns, which helps the overall company do better in terms of parts service and inventory bias. And so uh, when you can really take the time to measure and manage that uh, and perfect that, uh, you're going to increase your turns, you're going to increase your gross profit, and you're really just going to increase the amount of used cars you can sell uh, because you're getting them out on the front line. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Dealership service departments are doing a better job delivering a satisfying customer experience, says David Spisak, CEO of automotive consulting company Disruptive Growth Solutions, But with about 70% of service customers defecting from dealerships once their warranty expires, the reality is they still have a long way to go. Spizak spoke with senior editor Dan Shine on what service departments are doing well and where and how to improve. David, thanks for spending some time with us today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. So we talked a lot about uh, fixed stops here at the business bourbon and cigars. And uh, curious, like, what do you think that dealership service departments are doing well at? So one of the things I think that most of them are doing well is at least having an increased awareness of what clients like and what they don't like, Um, where they're hitting the mark when it comes to the client experience, for example. And they're starting to become more aware and to have a greater understanding of the impact of some of their processes that aren't working, Mm -hmm. frankly, for clients. At the end of the day, you know, our job is to make it as fast, simple and easy for our clients to come in, drop their car off, uh, hand us money, right? 
and, and to allow us to retain them as clients. The reality is we just haven't been doing a fantastic job, far from it, because you know, industry-wide, somewhere between 75 and 80% of our service repair business is going to independence between the fourth and fifth year. So that's a pretty good indictment that while we are doing some things right, we have a long way to go. And so we can have a list of things that maybe they need to improve upon, and it's getting good employees, keeping good employees, keeping those customers. That's we easy. talk about that defection, right? Yes. How, how do you keep customers coming back? Well, uh, for, first and foremost, we have to retain our own people. Yeah. You know, when you have a turnover within your own ranks, it's hard to get a rhythm. It's hard to get stability. It's hard to get consistency. Second thing is, I think that every dealership in America would benefit from having better uh, processes, more processes and better processes. And one of the things that I shared is if you think about the greatest companies on the planet, they are all process driven. Starbucks, Fed, when you go to FedEx, that's not a logistical expert, right? Or just not a didn't major in logistics. The person who's across the desk, he might've started working two days ago, but that package will absolutely positively be in Shanghai at 1030 the next morning. Why? Because all he has to do is execute the process. The genius is in the process. So if you find the right people, take the time to train and develop your people, first and foremost on process, and secondarily, develop them to allow them to have some type of a growth path. That's what's gonna cause people to stay. Nobody in the dealership wants to imagine them doing what they're doing today, five and 10 years from now. I don't care what they say. So we have to have a greater commitment to that. So I, you know, I, I think that it's going to start with people every single time. We've got to get better at recruiting, finding the right people. So in most stores, they tend to look for somebody when they lose somebody. And that's that in that case, you're recruiting to replace. I believe in a recruit to upgrade approach instead. And that simply means that you recruit every day. Uh, it means that you get your own employees involved. Think about it. My technicians probably have friends who are technicians. My advisors may have friends who are advisors or techs, or maybe they know somebody who can fulfill another position in our store. But if you're a fantastic employee, chances are very high the person that you're hanging out with would also be highly likely to be a fantastic employee. Second thing is, if you're gonna use Indeed or LinkedIn or whatever uh, option you're gonna use, you should be on there every day. Yes, I know it's gonna cost money to be on there every day, but it's an investment that pays back a tremendous ROI. If you think about it, if, if I lose an advisor today and I go out to recruit a new advisor today, the only ones I have available is whoever's in the market today. Out of a job. Right? Yeah. Now, if I recruit every day, what if, what if the best possible advisor for me just took a job three weeks ago? I would have missed them. But if I'm recruiting every day, I'm not gonna miss those opportunities. And the companies that have the highest retention also have the best recruiting processes. So number one, it starts with the recruiting. Number two, it starts with the interview process. Is the interview process. Is that one person or is that done by committee, right? And is it done in alignment with what's the most important aspects of the store, the DNA of the store, the culture of the store? The third thing is once you get those people on board, what does your onboarding look like? The 
the onboarding for a lot of stores is shockingly sparse, yeah. right? It's very much lacking, it's deficient. We wanna get these people up to speed right away. When are people happy? When they feel good about their, about their job. When do they feel good? When they believe that they're meeting the expectation. So if you're setting great expectations and you're onboarding me with a great process, that's gonna allow me to get to a point of competency uh, and confidence level that I can deliver on your expectation. And last but not least, we had to have continuous development for our people, right? Because it matters to them. There's not a, a, an employee in our stores, for the most part, that would like to imagine themselves five and 10 years from now being in the exact same position they're in today, regardless of what they say. So we need to be able to answer to that, find out what are their interests, where would they like to go? Um, and last but not least, you know, it's all of that has got to meld very well with your client culture. And I've said this for years, everybody you bring into an organization is either going to up-level your client culture or be like a boat anchor and drag it down. So that means every leader of that organization has a responsibility to not just hire a person, but to hire the person that's going to fit that culture. We're talking about employer retention, same as customer retention. Do the right thing for people. Treat them how you want to be treated. If your grandmother's coming in, you know, for service, you know, how are you going to treat your grandmother? It's pretty simple, but it's just way, you know, again, it's simple, simple, right? Why is it not as simple as we think it should be? All right. Well, let me let me ask you a question. Let's say you're doing business with me, and once you actually show up, I'm very kind. I'm respectful. And I either I even t pay attention to your time. I get you in and out in a reasonable period of time. You're, you're probably going to give me a decent grade. Fair? Yep. Okay. But what about if the process to get to me was completely painful? What if it took you two and three and four phone calls? What if you had to fight through the phone tree? What if somebody didn't call you back? What if you couldn't get the appointment that you needed to because you have brake issues right now, or you have an issue where you've got a kid in a car seat and you can't use their car, and they said, hey, I'm sorry, we're two weeks out. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have a loan of car. Oh, I'm sorry. In other words, if that happened, by the time you got to me, what I'm trying to do at that point is recover from that horrible start in your mind. Is that fair? Fair, yes. We have to attack the front side. We make it too difficult, I believe, from a client's perspective. Here's the good news. I think we have a greater awareness than ever before of what clients want. And one of the things they want is they want their time respected. You know, Google has a fantastic mantra, and it is, know me better, serve me faster, and wow me everywhere. And you think about that, if you applied that to a fixed operations or the front end of a store or any business, yeah. things are going to get better. What does know me better mean? It means that when I come in and I've been in there three, four, five times, when I call on the phone, I don't want you to act like you don't know who I am, yeah. right? Imagine every time you went to your physician, they say, I'm sorry, what was your name again? <laughs> I, and I'm sorry, what? let me just ask you some questions. Yeah. You'd be going like, what's going on? You wouldn't want to deal with that physician. You wouldn't trust that physician. You wouldn't have confidence. So why don't we focus on that? Make it easy for me to communicate. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Callan Walker. Thanks to automotive news reporters, Audrey LaForest and Larry Velquette for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on EVs, infotainment, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.